Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com, because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercer. What's up, guys? This is Paul Verzi, and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 315, for Wednesday, May 17th, 2023. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing? Are you having the best week of your lives? Best day of your lives? What are you up to right now, huh? What is the One Man Podcast? If you're stumbling upon this for the first time, it is me, comedian, brand ambassador, overall earthling, telling you what is going on with me personally, professionally, and uh, anything in between. And uh, this week, I will be telling you guys about the Port Elgin activation I did and, uh, you know, what I did to entertain myself in the off time, some work that I did. Um, You know, this one's getting recorded a little bit earlier. Normally, I would record this on Tuesday, uh, but because I have such a long drive home from Port Elgin, I am doing it now in the car. Um, I do have, you know, two uh, days worth of stories that I'd love to be able to put on this episode but just due to the time that I'm recording it, those things haven't happened yet, and I don't know what to tell you. So I just, uh, hopefully I'll have an even more interesting episode for you guys next week. Um, but what have I got? So let's start with, uh, you know, I think I'll just tell you about the week's activation so I can do that prior to um, just telling you about some of the shows and things like that that I did. Um I have, uh, okay, so um, I I was in Port Elgin, Ontario to do a grand opening of a food basic store. And I just want to get some shout outs out of the way real quick. Um, We've got, um, first off, I want to say a big thank you to my team. Uh, My lead was Diana. Diana is absolutely awesome. She was the, the, you know, uh, well, my co-pilot over the course of the, the week making sure everything got done, you know, accurately and professionally. And it's just, again, a a person to lean on to make sure, you know, the blind side is covered. And she did a phenomenal job with that great sense of humor and a little plug for her. Diana does, uh, has an Instagram page and does like a, like a coupon savings thing. (laughs) It was me real accurate. The, um, her Instagram is called have coupons will travel. Um, but she's got all these different little cool things. She's got a binder full of coupons. Um, I, because I'm driving and I haven't had an opportunity to stop and like make sure I research the good, I basically just wanted to give her a shout out saying she did a great job, but you know, uh, spent the week telling me about like different coupon things, methods of saving. So, you know, if you guys are, uh, in, uh, in Canada or whatever, I believe most, uh, sales, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> Excuse me. Big sneeze out of nowhere. Um, maybe that's a new bodily function we'll add to the podcast for anyone tuning in the first time bodily functions. I do not fart on the podcast, but I do, uh, yawn, slurp my coffee and, uh, a lot of yawning. 
It is 8.30 p.m. on Sunday. Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. I'll throw that in a side note. But anyways, back to... Uh, <laughs> God, I'm all over the place. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I don't lose my train of thought. So, um, yeah, Diana's throwing all sorts of cool stuff. If you're in Canada, uh, you want to check out Have Coupons While Travel, it should be good at, you know, national things. Um, but a big thank you to my team, lead Diana. Then I had some amazing reps that were doing a great job. I had, uh, Jesus Christ, sorry, uh, animal, big dead animal on the side of the road. I had Katie was one of my reps. I had, uh, Haley, I had Abdi and I had Simone. Um, so big thank you to all my, my teammates. They were all super, super awesome. Um, effectively what we were doing was, uh, we had a giant sort of cube activation thing. So this is a cube that was delivered, um, on Wednesday morning. And so I was there for the cube delivery. Basically this thing like is just trailed behind a truck and you park it, lock it down, uh, hoist up an end, and then you unfold this thing and it, it opens wide. So you've got like a, you know, a, a station in the center, room for people to come up on the sides and the front, whatever it is. And it just has a lot of fanfare on it. There was uh, big banners on the top, flags. It's just an awesome sort of uh, looking thing for the grand opening. If you onesies are interested in me, um, you know, maybe posting a couple of pictures of what things look like, just send me uh, an email, contact at onemanpodcast.com. Uh, normally I would just post this stuff anyways, but I am... Uh, I'm driving and I could very well forget. So I took pictures, got lots of pictures, but I will be happy to throw those up if you guys want to send a little reminder. Um, I also have an email from my buddy Sean uh, that I'll be reading this uh, episode. Let's see. That's my prediction. But maybe while I'm driving, I will forget to uh, to get to the email by the time I get back to the end. Uh, but a big thank you to Sean for sending that email. So um, yeah, we we were basically running different samples and and activities out of this big cube. So um, like I said, shout out to Diana, my lead. And then of course, Katie, Haley, Simone, and Abdi for their hard work, uh, all, all week, uh, Wednesday through, uh, today, Sunday. And, uh, I really appreciate them. Then we had the store, uh, itself, the grand opening, lots of awesome people there. The store manager, Jason, the assistant manager, Alicia, um, huge thank yous to Sandy and Veronica from my team for having me out there. And, uh, the way these things work, guys, if I haven't gone into discussion before, because I have recorded podcasts and I've done these before, is that we do kind of like a pep rally for the staff on uh, the Wednesday. So the first day of the week that we do it is Wednesday. And it's kind of like we bring in food, we bring in coffee, um, you know, we get a cake and the whole thing is like, you'll see the store manager kind of gives a speech, gets their team ready for a large, you know, just a busy weekend of grand openings. Uh, not grand openings, I apologize, but of 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 the grand opening and a ton of customers coming back in uh, to the store. Now, the ones I had done prior to this were stores that effectively had received renovations. So they were all grand reopenings. This particular store in Port Elgin, the Food Basics, was actually a brand new store. So it was just built. Uh, when we went in on Wednesday, you could still see there was a ton of, of shelves that were being stocked last minute, uh, displays being built, things like that. So this was a store that was going to be opening for the first time on Thursday morning. So the pep rally was really cool. We went in there on Wednesday night. The store manager and a lot of you know regional people made speeches. It was really cool. They cut a cake and it's just awesome. Again, for small towns and stuff like that, getting uh, you know, new stores, whatever, it's a it's a big deal. And you know, it's a lot of new jobs created for for local community members and things like that. So it's kind of cool to see. Um, and it's and it's good excitement. It's it's nice to see people happy in a good mood, everything like that. So um the Wednesday night was the pep rally. 
Uh, Thursday, we went in there uh, super early. Well, I should say Wednesday night was the pep rally, but Wednesday afternoon was the, the cube delivery. And we set that up. Actually ran into a buddy of mine, Sean Anthony. Shout out to Sean Anthony, who I had done a couple uh, Hewlett Packard Omen gaming computer expos with. We did an EGLX in Toronto and then like some sort of gaming expo in Montreal. Um, so those were some fun, uh, it was fun. Those were some fun events. It was fun to see, uh, my buddy, because it's been a long time since I've seen him. We had a good time working those events together. Uh, so Sean Anthony delivered the cube. We set that up together and then, uh, I went on to the pep rally that evening, Thursday morning, bright and early, the longest day we were at the store for 7am because I had to go pick up the coffee order, uh, set up the cube. We had a ton and uh, like there was a podium, uh, the local, like, uh, I, I guess mayor or or a local official was there to, uh, you know, cut the ribbon and say thank you, accept some checks on behalf of the local food banks and things like that. Uh, some people did some speeches. There was charitable donations for other things. Um, and then we did, um, you know, just a ton of, you know, different pastries and things like that in the morning, coffee, and just a, a bunch of prizes. We had big gift bags, things like that for the first 250 customers. All got a free gift bag full of tons of fun things. So it was just, uh, it's, it's the most fun to me. The grand opening day is the most fun because there's always like the most stuff being given away. People are super excited, blah, blah, blah. Um, big thank you to Jason and like Alicia, like I said at the store, they were super cool. What was neat about this one was because, uh, it was the grand opening. Uh, the store manager was actually at the front door all day. Like Jason worked, uh, more than 12 hours that day. And he was just at the front door, uh, all day greeting his new customers. You know what I mean? Just saying, Hey, welcome, blah, blah, blah. He had coupons to hand out. Like, it was just really cool to see him, you know, uh, there and just welcoming everyone at the store firsthand, whatever, you know, there's, there was things to do and he had a good team behind him. A lot of people weren't from corporate, but I just thought that was wicked cool to be like, Hey, you know, welcome to the new store. My name's Jason. I'm the manager, you know, and if you ever need anything, please feel free to, to reach out or, or ask for me. Like it was just neat. It was just really cool. Um, very, very friendly people. Um, you know, and as the week went on, we had more things, uh, happen. We did a Plinko game where, you know, people drop a buck down, they win a prize, um, you know, everyone won a prize of some kind, food, gift cards, whatever it was. Um, and then we had, uh, what did we have? We had, uh, I think that was it for the games. Um, it was just, uh, it was just a lot of fun. Um, we had other, other events kind of going on that were not led by us. Like one, uh, one group was doing a couple, couple good fellas and I apologize. I don't know their names, but, uh, I told them I'd give them a shout out, some good dudes. Um, they were doing, uh, like a coloring contest. So right next to where we were set up, they had some tiny little, uh, picnic tables set up for the kiddos and we're just getting them to come over color. They had cookies for the kids and it was like, ah, you know, the, the winner will be announced to, uh, what was it? You know, who's going to win the, uh, the coloring contest. And I can't remember what their prize was. Gift, a, a gift basket of some kind from food basics. But, uh, it was one thing that stood out to me as interesting is that like, there was parents who were willing to leave their kids like out in front of the store at these picnic tables. Um, and then just go in and shop for like 45 minutes. There's so many times I look over, I'm like, this kid's all by themselves. Where's their parents? It's like, oh, the parents went inside to shop. I'm like, we don't have a fence. We're like right by the driveway. We don't have a fence to protect the kid from just running out. Not to mention the fact that like you left it with two 20 year old males. So like as much as it's like, oh, well, they work here. It's like, yeah, but like they're running an event. They've got other kids that lots of distractions. Like someone could just literally come up and scoop up a kid and fuck off. There was people, uh, where we were, there was a bunch of, uh, flowers for sale, tons and tons, hanging baskets, planter baskets. We had people that were asking me, Hey, can you watch my flowers for me while I go inside and pay for them? I just have so many. And I was saying to them, and in all honesty, I go, I, I, 
will do my best. I said, but I can't promise because I have so many things going on and I got to run in and out of the store getting more supplies for our sampling. I go, I would hate to say, yeah, no worries. We'll take care of it. Turn my back for a second and someone sees your basket and goes, you know, decides that they want it. So I just said, I, I just on, I sincerely cannot commit to being a blockchain. That was flowers. Relatively easier place. These people are like leaving their children, like arguably the thing you love the most in the world with strangers being like, eh. Like I was like, unless these are the parents that are like hoping their kids will get, you know, stolen so that they, uh, oh, this is interesting. Someone's going to try to pass me even though it's not passing lines. Good for you. Why follow the rules? Um, they are way past me. Guys, I'm, it's uh, 80 kilometers here. I'm doing 100, which is 20 over the speed limit, which is about as, as, as far into the, you know, pushing it. You know, hey, you're pushing it, buddy. You're doing 25% over the speed limit. This person's flying past me flying past me anyways um so yeah i remember that was the that was the thing that stood out to me as the weirdest but um just over the course of the week i had an opportunity to just you know joke around with my team and everything like that um they were they were good good team members i would vouch for all of them to be doing these ba gigs again um it came to my attention just talking to my team to my higher-ups my bosses that there's uh, a bunch of these going to be happening in ottawa you know in the next uh while so it'll be really cool to be doing a bunch of them that aren't you know traveling i'll be able to go home every day um but i i enjoy these these are fun uh the work isn't super hard you're making people happy um the funny thing though is that like whenever it comes to samples guys giving away samples human beings are so like like they're so full of denial or or they're so full of shit where it's just like here's we're giving away samples of what carrot let's say carrot carrot cake muffins. And so I was like, Oh, what, what is that? Like, carrot cake? You said, it's, it's like, look, it's carrot cake. Muffin. Take it, take it. You don't have to pretend you don't know what it is. Oh, oh, well, I can't. I, if I tell them I've already tried it, they're not going to let me have a sample. We don't, we don't give a shit. Take the sample. We don't care. You know, I, I would rather you were like, I've already tried these, but I'm trying another one. Thank you. Be on with your day. Oh, it's carrot. Oh, and are they, is it some sort of like special recipe? No, it's the house brand. You know, like I'm not like that with it, but it's just, it's so funny to me when people act like, oh, 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 it's, oh, oh, I've, oh, I've, uh, oh, I've tried all the other. I've never tried this one though. Like at one point we were giving away samples of bubbly and because we didn't have shit loads of it, we were doing like, we'd open a can and pour it into these like little cups, probably two ounce cups. Actually, no, uh, they were three and a half ounce cups. I remember because it said so on the box. So we're giving away three and a half ounces of, of, of the drink. And or someone will come over and be like, oh, are these cans for free? And we're like, oh, sorry, we just pour you like, like, this. like, oh, I'm so thirsty. I'm like, you know, are the cans for free? We go, actually, well, it's the samples are free, but we pour it in a little and you just get like a sample of it. And they're like, oh, I forget it. And they go away. I'm like, so like you want the whole thing or nothing? Like that's our, you're so thirsty, you just said. It was amazing to me. Like how many people were just like, oh, I want the, oh, can I get a can? It's like, oh, we just have to pour you a sample. Like, oh, forget it. You know, it's like, I don't, I, what, what is it? You know, it's free. You know, it's not like we're like a dollar and they're like for the can. Like, no, just a little drink. Oh, okay. It's not as much. It's not, it's fucking for anyways. We had also like the way the cube worked is like the sidewalls kind of like laid down as I've seen them on other cubes where they lay down flat as ramps, but these ones kind of came out and then stayed like flat, like, like horizontal. So like they were a good foot off the ground. And so I remember that we had like corners and stuff of them, but it just made it so that like there was all these areas where people could like step off unbeknownst and fall or whatever. And 
so my my bosses were just like, hey, just just watch this. Whenever like whenever you're here, like there's three different areas where they can step up. Just watch it. And again, and like the it didn't matter that we had reps with trays standing always like off of the platforms. So you just walk up to them and get a sample, or they could walk up to you. They'd still like, oh, there's one over there. They just walk up to where my people were prepping things and just, oh, what do you got going on here? It's like the same thing that you just said no to when someone offered to you, but they still climb up. But it didn't matter if I was on one side watching or in the middle or whatever. Still have people just come right up. I go, I go, okay, we'll serve you from there. They're like, okay. And they just stand right up and walk up anyways. Like human beings are so fucking stupid. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, or, or not that stupid. They're, 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 they don't listen and they're ignorant. But, uh, it was just, it was just, that's, that's one of the things that always bothered me. It's like, I love making people's day. I love the people that are grateful, that are polite, that ask. Like some people were just literally coming up and like grabbing the cans of bubbly out of thing. They didn't ask, Hey, is this okay? Are these samples? Are these free? Nothing. They just come up. They're like, Oh, bubbly. Yeah. Grab one. I don't crack it. Walk away. Don't even say thank you. So it wasn't even like, Oh, well, they said, thank you. Like they were, it was just, just take, walk away, open. Like we can't take it back. Right. Like they're not really like the COVID stuff. I don't think we said once like, oh yeah, you can't do this, that, or the other because of COVID. Like it was just back to like life is normal. But uh, it was just, um, that's one of the things that always gets me with the sampling, whatever, is you got the people, oh, can I take another, another one of these? Cause my wife's inside and she's not going to be out for blah, blah, blah. So just take it. Just take it. I'm going to take another one for my wife. Okay. Sure. Even just, I'm going to take another one. I, I really don't care. You know what I mean? Like, oh, can I, which one should I try? Go, well, you can try one of each. Okay. They take one. Oh, could I take a second one for my wife? She's inside and she's got a bad glaucoma in and, you know, like, I don't want to, she doesn't have to come all the way back. I was like, yeah, I, I just told you to take one of each. I'm sure that two is, is also fine. Like, you know, anyways, I just, that's, that's the, the one drawback is just, I think with most jobs, sometimes the worst part is just dealing with the public <laughs> fucking animals. Oh, there's a yawn. There's a yawn. I feel that. I feel that it is 837. Wow. Didn't I say it was like 823? I don't feel like I'm uh, putting in much time. That is the one thing with the lavalier mic, guys. I've got it clipped to me uh, and I just can't see the time. I kind of like after a while, I go, oh, I should look at the time on the thing and see how much time I've done. So um, yeah, uh, the the event was fine. Um, you know, I was, I was, you know, cracking my teammates up and, and stuff like that. Just trying to have some fun with everything. Again, I love being serious and professional, but I also like making my team laugh too. Um, I like to keep things light, guys. You know me. Uh, um, so I'm driving home, having a hell of a time. Um, I, oh, I told you guys I was going to, I was going to be fasting and I'd be a good bitch. I think I drank uh, one of my shakes, maybe. Um, so here's what I did. Okay. Here's what I did. Um, I brought them with me. And the hotel chain that I stayed at, I was staying at the Holiday Inn Express. Oh my God, they're so great with breakfast in the morning. They have such a nice breakfast spread that what I did was I told myself, okay, oh, more yawning. Sorry, gang. Uh, I told myself, listen, I am going to have breakfast because I'm paying $200 a night to stay here. Uh, I am going to take this place for everything I can. And... I am disappointed to say that my room, while nice, uh, they got those fucking lock-mounted, like, shampoo and body wash bottles. So I can't, like, I couldn't squirrel away all the bathroom amenities and bring them home. Bummed me out. But I did have breakfast every day, and I did not eat dinner. Um, I think the very, I apologize, the very first night... 
There was this amazing catered uh, pasta, cannelloni, manicotti. Um, I didn't go nuts, but I, I definitely had to play that first night. But I did not eat. Uh, I did not really snack out on samples, and I did not eat uh, any dinners while I was there. So I, I stuck just to breakfast like a good bitch. Um, and something else that sort of, uh, I guess, what triggered me this week was I did a uh, an activation for HelloFresh not long ago, and I signed up for it. And I I tried to like push back the boxes, but the or, like the latest I could push it back was was till May sixteenth. So this week I've got a box of like HelloFresh being delivered for me, Crystal, and the kids. And uh, I have um, I'm like, well, I'm making meal kits. I can't I can't do my my shakes then. So I have a doctor's appointment June first to meet with the the same doctor, you know, to watch how the weight loss is going. So. Because we're moving and everything like that, I, and I really, guys, I really want you to email me, contact at onemanpodcast.com. Um, I struggled a little bit at the beginning of the month because of all the stress of like the move and everything like that. But uh, this week was tough being at the hotel. I could have done it. I could have. But again, uh, we had long days and I was worried about um, like like lifting, building, carrying. I was worried about burning out. I also had like a 12 hour day. Um, I was worried about burning out. I was worried about, you know, not having the the right amount of energy levels. So I, I told myself, all right, I'm going to have breakfast. I'll fast the rest of the day, which for the most part I did. Now I've got these meal kits coming at four meal kits. I was going to cook for Crystal and the kids and I got these coming and I'm like, well, I've paid for them. I want to use them. Um, and then I have absolute comedy, I'm headlining absolute comedy, the 23rd to the 28th. And I want to have, uh, you know, I, I get free meals. Then I'd like to make use of that free meal and just not have to worry about being hungry and tired while I'm performing. So this is my thoughts, gang. I'm going to, I'm going to call my doctor's office. I'm going to have them push back the appointment for a month, beginning of July. And I am going to get through the rest of this month being able to eat. I'm still going to do what I did on this trip where I'm going to try to limit the intake. But if I need to eat, I'm going to allow myself to eat. I'm going to make these these meal kits. The meal kits are fresh food. So that should go a long way to doing better and feeling better. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of exercise. I'm going to be packing, moving, building, all sorts of shit. Um, so I think I'm going to get some exercise. I'm going to lower my my caloric intake. And then I'm going to start the OptiFast uh, June 1st, uh, you know, and, and make it so that I'm, I'm, you know, we're into the new place. The, 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 a lot of the stressors are gone um, and looking forward to that. I might even make it June 4th in all sincerity because we have a truck rental June 3rd. That's the Saturday and that's the day that we're moving. So, um, you know, we're going to do like pizza and beer and stuff like that. So maybe we'll, uh, you know, we've got a lot of uh, friends helping. Thank you to the onesies who are already scheduled, have already called, offered, all that. I, I love and appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. So we're gonna make sure that there's drinks and and stuff like that, and some food at night. So we're gonna we're gonna do a, a move day, and then we're gonna do a um, you know a, a nice thank you evening dinner drinks for everybody, and then I think that'll probably be a nice little ritualistic stop for me. Um, That'll be, that'll be nice to move forward from there. Um, something I want to address before I forget, we'll go back to the hotel stuff afterwards, but, uh, but yeah, I was eating breakfast in the hotel just to hit that up. The OptiFast thing. I want to know what you guys think. Contact at one man podcast.com. Am I being reasonable? Am I just making excuses? Uh, please, uh, you know, weigh in, no pun intended on the, on the situation. Um, when I was driving 
to the uh, gig guys when I was driving to Port Elgin. This is something that was just seemed a little like, I don't, I don't know if meta is the word that makes sense, but it just seemed a little surreal, seemed a little like ritualistic. It actually seemed a little appropriate. So driving to Port Elgin, um, I, I drove like down this highway. I don't even remember what highway it was. I drove down a highway and I got off the exit at Oro Madante, right at the Horseshoe uh, Resort. Now, rituals are, are something that even though there's nothing really like necessary, let's say tangible physically to them, rituals do help people um, in a psychological standpoint, psychological, uh, psychological standpoint in the sense that sometimes it helps you, um, you know, just stick to something, you know what I mean? Sometimes people, um, you know, they break up with somebody and they feel sad, but like, it's not until you take all their things, you know, like, let's say all the photographs or whatever, and you throw them all in a garbage bag or, you know, you burn them all in a fire, like that, the ritual of like, I've burned these mementos and that is me, um, exercising you, you know, or, or, or just moving on that ritual of throwing everything away or whatever, you know, um, helps just make it a little more concrete for yourself. Um, much like, you know, you'll see people who like, don't want to throw something away because they're not ready to say goodbye. And even though they're just holding on to a thing that they never look at, it's just, there's just ritualistic things that help. So, um, having said that I, I got off the highway at Ormadante and I saw the sign for the horseshoe, uh, resort, the horseshoe resort at Ormadante. I had taken that exit several times because that was the, uh, that was the last place that I had recorded the one man podcast uh, consistently and habitually. I believe I had been like one or two weeks late before, but never to the extent where it just went radio silence for months. And I had recorded the episode in the car earlier that day. I was excited about the move. And um, I just, I didn't even know that I was going anywhere near there. I really didn't. And so when I got off the, the highway at that exit, like my, my GPS was like, go left and keep going. But like to the right, maybe three or four minutes, uh, would have been the, the horseshoe resort. Now I, I was going to having a long day already and I, I'm not going to sit there and go, Oh, I went back there because it wouldn't have made a difference. The hometown hockey thing isn't there. Um, you know, like what am I going to do? Drive there and ask if I can walk down. Like there's nothing, um, nothing really there that I need to see or whatever, but just being right where I was like that whole week, right? Every day we drive into Barry to get stuff and then, you know, drive back down. I, I had taken that exit many, many times. Um, and it was just a cool little drive. It was cool to be back kind of where I was, uh, when I was still doing the podcast regularly. It's also, um, and I'm just going to tell you guys this now, but I'll also probably address it in the retrospective episodes. Um, it was the last place we had worked before I had developed this little issue I seem to be having with my throat. So that's one of the reasons that I was just so like in my head and worried and stuff like that. It was one of the factors leading to um, not recording the podcast for a while. And so taking that exit, being kind of back in the space, um, I'm like, okay, I am, I am near where it stopped and got off the rails. And so just being close to here, I felt like a 
sentimental, metaphorical, like, okay, back on track. And now we're going to go forward and keep the podcast going. I'm going to, I'm going to fix it. So like I've, I've exercised that I returned, you know, uh, returned to the place, just the area. And it was just kind of a cool feeling. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to use this as the ritual because I've, I've a few times since been like, all right, guys, I'm going to make it more regular. I'm going to be more on track. And I've allowed it to, for, you know, the reasons I listened in the last episode and things like that, I've allowed it to, to get off track. And, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to do that again. I want this to be consistent. I actually, um, I actually spent the week, uh, working on podcast stuff. So, um, having said that, I want to address the next point. So I, I wanted to say that like, um, there was a, a few reasons that I stopped doing the podcast after Aura Madante, but, um, a lot of things in my life, weirdly, you know, well, I mean, it's because they were all kind of connected, but like, like started when I left there and I just kind of wanted to set things straight, I guess, just, you know, uh, metaphorically, ritualistically, emotionally, just like, all right, I'm right back. I'm, I'm seconds. I'm the closest I've been never been to Oro Medante before in my life and hadn't been back since until that moment. It was literally just that exit. I'm like, here I am. Last time I was here, I didn't have the issue with my throat. But when I came back the, the week after I had, or when, even when I got home, I started to notice this little tickle in my throat that has since become something much more uncomfortable and that has no diagnosis. When I do the retrospectives, I'll I'll try to talk about kind of uh, what that was like. But uh, anyways, I apologize. A little off track there. Um, in the hotel at night, um, I started um, getting to work on the podcast. And I, I believe I've mentioned this before, but for any new listeners, any new, uh, you know, context or anything like that, or just to, to, to sum it back up just in case is um, there's a lot of things that I need to do for the one-man podcast to kind of get it in a position that I'm happy with. Um, just in terms of a well-oiled machine, I've, I've figured out things like, again, like I'm always trying new things. I've got my lav mic. I have handheld mics that I've used in the past, you know, to try to record something in bed when I'm not using my bigger setup. Um, I, I kind of like this lab thing where I'm like, you know what, if I'm always busy driving, maybe I can, you know, have this in the car. Um, I checked out Auphonic this week and Auphonic, what I used to scrub my, um, my audio, they had a new, a new thing that was like, um, normally would be like just an option that I can click that, that reduces noise and hum. And I listened to a little bit of the playback and I'm like, oh, there's some noise and some hum from the road. And then when I put it through Auphonic this time, it was like, um, eliminate everything, but voice eliminate everything, but voice and music. I was like, Ooh, eliminate everything, but voice and music. And then it even had a thing where it was like delete silence. So I guess like if I go, uh, and then I leave it for too long, uh, it's, it's closes the gaps of silence to make sure it's not just wasting dead air. Amazing. So even happier, I was, I was telling you guys in the last episode that like, Hey, if you can contribute some credits and stuff like that to Alphonic, I'll, I'll make use of them to like get retrospectives. Well, it would appear that Alphonic will make the audio quality even better and get rid of some of my big goofy gaps in case I'm sitting there trying to think of something. Cause you guys have sat to me going, hold on. What's the name of that guy? Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm like that. I'm still not gonna be able to move on until I think of it. Uh, one, one sec, reach around for something, blah, blah, blah. So glad uh, there's a big swallow right there. Who knows if you'll even hear it. Um, you know, it'll kill that silence. So I, I want to get some things, um, all set to consider the podcast, um, up to speed, uh, produced in exceptional quality. So 
what I want to uh, let you guys know is for starters, some of you who uh, perhaps subscribe on the Spotify app may notice that some uh, there's been, you know, a reasonable amount of episodes posted. Um, and that is because on Spotify, um, there was a period of time where, well, it's not a period of time. Um, Spotify will not uh, take any file formats that are not MP3. So for the beginning large portion of the run of the podcast, um, I was recording in like M4A. No idea what that stands for. All I know is that, uh, you know, when I was doing my research or whatever, it's just, it's like an Apple audio format. So like it works on Apple podcasts. And I guess even if you're listening on, well, I don't know, can you use Apple podcasts on a, on a device that's not Apple? Um, so maybe that doesn't really matter, but, um, in terms of like, um, Podbean, you can listen on the Podbean. Oh, we got a caller. We got a caller. My mom is calling. It's Mother's Day. So let's see if we can get her to say hello and then fuck off real quick. Hey, mom, how are you doing? I'm recording the podcast. How are you? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm trying to do something with the phone. Uh, am I trying to do something with it? No, I'm recording my podcast with my microphone. And it's still recording right now. How are you doing? I'm good. I just wanted to say hi to you because I know you're on your way home. Oh, well, thank you very much, mom. I love you very much. Happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother. Thank you very much. I will mother, I don't know, I was trying to, was to make a dumb joke or whatever. It's going to say something about like give birth to a, a poop or something, but it's just been stupid poop joke. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you go because I am recording the podcast. Um, and I, I can't like on the, on the one I'm using, I can't hit stop or pause or anything like that. So, um, you're fucking with my business here. No, um, I appreciate you. Thank you for calling. I'll, uh, I'll let you know when I'm home safe. Okay. Love you, mom. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Hang up. All right. Love you. Uh, (laughs) sorry. Um, let's see. Let's see how that edits. Even though I don't listen to the podcast guys, I'm sorry if that whole thing just sounds terrible by the time it's all said and done on the back end. But, uh, the fuck was I saying? Oh yeah. The Apple, uh, formats, who cares? Podbean, uh, will take the format and, and it makes it, you know, usable, but, uh, Spotify, one of the biggest platforms, um, it has to be MP3. So, a long time ago, I started going through the, uh, the, the old episodes and I, um, come on. Oh, here's the sounds I've edited out. Sorry. This is a tiny little winding way town that I'm driving through. So I'm just giving it my attention as it's starting to get dark now. I want to make sure I don't run over somebody's cat or kid. Um, yeah, uh, I, I eventually switched over to MP3 and, um, did I? Yes, I did. Um, because as soon as I found out that Spotify wouldn't upload them anymore unless they were MP3, when I save the file in Authonic, um, I save it as MP3. So Authonic uh, kindly converts it from like, I think it's MAA or something. Yeah, I don't remember what the hell it stands for, but but it's like it saves it from one file format and saves it as an MP3 so that everything's good, which is why everything's fine on Spotify now. But I have a giant gap in my catalog. So I may as well, again, just to make sure I've made a product, why not make it available in its entirety on all platforms? Um, it just takes time. I have to go through, um, say, like I'm using a, a different thing now to convert the files that I already have. And then I got to go back in and post them again with all of the ep- episode stuff. It just worked. So I sat, uh, I sat comfortably. I played some stuff on Netflix and I'll tell you guys about it later on. And I, uh, I just started, you know, converting more episodes. I probably... I would say I maybe got 10, somewhere in the ballpark of 10 
um, episodes plus like two interviews um, converted. And then the interview episodes, gang, uh, one of the things that I've done is I used to just like put a write up there, but because I, I figured out on Podbean how to like include links and things like that into the episodes, I, um, I have added just, uh, out of gratitude and, and, uh, appreciation for my guests. I, I throw a link into like, um, you know, if they've got a podcast, I'll link their podcast on it. I'll link their social media just in case you guys are like, Oh, I love that person. I want to hear and do more with them. Uh, I like to link that. So, um, when I do the interview episodes, uh, I also do a little bit of like, you know, just digging to put some plugs in for them into the episode. And of course that gets tacked on with the, the episode when it's uploaded as an MP3. So just, but it takes, it just, it just takes time and it, it takes, you know, uh, work. So, um, I'm working on that. I also want to, uh, get back in the habit of, um, adding a social media story when a new episode comes out, uh, just so that it's there. So I can put my, my social media story and then just a little block saying, you know, new episode for when you're scrolling through your feed. I want to include those on, uh, on Facebook and, uh, Instagram. I don't know how to TikTok. Where she was says, oh, how to TikTok? Another yawn. Yeah. I don't know how to TikTok. Uh, Crystal TikToks all the fucking time. Does she TikTok or does she watch TikTok? How do you, does TikTok mean you post? Um, yeah. So maybe I'll get Crystal to see if that does anything, but, um, I, uh, it made me excited for the podcast again, guys, having that little trip packed past that place. Um, I also, I also spent, um, I literally have a clipboard, like a, like, I guess a storage clipboard that has every single note sheet from every single week that I've missed. And I went through it and I put the dates on, I put the episode numbers. I, I just, I wrote retrospective in episode 314 so that anyone listening to an episode and here's a call to retrospective, they can go, Oh, I got retro 314. Oh, I'll get more context. Like just again, just work, work. I did work on the podcast. So, um, there's also something I might have to be a little bit more mindful of is, um, I found out how to do these little things on a site called a headliner where I can steal a little audio clip, um, from the podcast and just, you know, make like a little graphic for stories with that. Um, so something I'll have to teach myself how to do is maybe, um, write down a timestamp of like, if I feel like I said something maybe particularly interesting or something, um, <laughs> which I never do, by the way, I have no ego whatsoever. Um, but maybe I can, uh, you know, write down a timestamp. Oh, come on with the yawns. Remove yawns and sneezes and mother's phone calls. All right, Ophonic, that's my trick for you is move those things out so they don't interfere. Um, yeah, I, uh, the fuck was I saying? Yeah, I'll put in a timestamp so that I just, if I feel like I said something funny or something funny happened, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll do the Mother's Day one when my mom called. I'll see if I can find that. And just have a little thing where I'm like, oh, I'm recording the podcast. What do you want, mom? All off. All right. Happy Mother's Day. Go away. See if maybe that'd be a good sound bite, you know, or you guys could send me something, contact at one man podcast and let me know what you think would be a, a good little, well, how the fuck would you know? I'm supposed to be putting this clip when the episode comes out. Well, scratch that. You'd still send me a one man podcast uh, thing. Maybe, maybe there's just a part of it that you'd like. And you're like, you should put this part on. Either way, it doesn't matter right now. It's 9 p.m. and it's still not completely dark. It is getting much darker. In fact, I should give my thing a little click so the automatic, uh, hey, go on. Hey, my thing's supposed to be automatic here. What did I, uh, did I do something wrong here? 
Hold on. Hold on here. Come on. Yeah, that's on. Oh, isn't this good content, eh? Listening to me kind of fuck with my... That's interesting. Um, do I click this guy? What about you? That's the fog lights on. That's the fog lights off. Okay, sorry, guys. I just want to make sure, you know... Ah, oh, there we go. Now it's on, you fucking cocksucker. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so I want to have that. I want to have... I mean, I know it sounds like something that's super important to you guys, but hey, you know, if I uh, if I have that, it might be a little reminder. Oh, right, that's that's how it works. Josh's podcast out. I see it. Ah, a little reminder, right? I've uh, I've been away a long time, been away a long time, and uh, you know, maybe a lot of people have moved on. Maybe they need the social media cue. Jesus Christ! Last ten minutes are garbage, guys. I'm so sorry. Yawning, talking to my dashboard. Um, yeah, you know, like. Uh, Maybe they need that little reminder. So it's, I guess what I'm saying is, is like, not only will the new desk and have its setups. I also watched a, a thing on road arms. Uh, I did not do a smash cut there. That was just my brain moving onto a different subject super fast. Um, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm trying to do all the things that are necessary to put the podcast more in the forefront. I believe I have achieved a spark again um, of excitement and I'm looking forward to sharing more of my life with you guys and doing it in a more, you know, um, consistent, uh, manner just because it'd be fun to, to make the notes and be able to just go, all right, and now we record easy peasy. So, um, I also looked into uh new arms for the desk. The arm that I have now, I don't dislike. Um, but in order to move it, it requires a lot of, um, there's a lot of locking mechanisms on it. It requires a lot of unlocking. So like, um, it either falls around or I have to lock it in place and kind of sit relatively still. It's not the end of the world, but there's ones that you can literally just pull on it. You don't have to like lock it or anything. You just literally grab it and yank it towards yourself and it's, it's good to go. Um, so I watched some reviews on, on some of those types of arms. Um, and I want to get one for crystal too. So I'm thinking that when we set up the office, um, I think that you guys might find it interesting. Maybe, uh, just getting her perspective on some of the things, you know, we're going to be living together. So I figure maybe the first few episodes will be kind of fun to hear how it is, uh, you know, the two of us living together and, and, you know, how the move goes and everything like that. A lot of you have said that you prefer the episodes where there's somebody else on. Totally get that. A little bit of back and forth, a little more uh, synergy, synergistic. Um, so, yeah, I just want her to be able to pop on the podcast at a moment's notice um, as well. So I'm excited to have a little thing for her. I also found, uh, that I might be able to go back to my previous mic, my Sure Super 55, which means I'll be able to sell uh, my other Sure mic. Maybe if I'm lucky, I can bring it back for store credit and actually get some things that I need. Um, yeah, so I personally, personally, um, am excited to uh, to bring on this next chapter of the podcast. And, um, and I think for a while too, I'm gonna try to do some retrospective. So I started filling out notes as well for these old episodes. And, um, you know, um, like I, I said before, I, I combed through, uh, emails, the calendar and pictures just to see what was going on. And, uh, I will do my very best gang to, um, you know, give you a, an accurate look as to what, uh, was going on with me at the time and, and to the best of my recollection, what was going on. Um, you know, and if I find that I'm like, Oh, I got like no notes for that week. I can't remember a goddamn thing I did. Um, that would be a, a perfect time for you guys to, <laughs> well, you wouldn't know until the episode's over, but I just mean that like, I would love to get some emails from you guys and, uh, 
you know, those would be fun to throw into certain episodes that let's say uh, don't have a shitload of content. I don't want to put out a bunch of like two episodes because I can't remember what I did. Um, but I will try. I had the top fives going at the time and I will try to maintain uh, maybe some of that aspect. If I can't think of something, I'll do one of those top five lists. Um, I still had the shittiest movie segment there and some of them are filled in. So, you know, we'll do that as well. But uh, I'm just excited. I'm excited to share with you guys what was going on. You know, I have uh, three vacation podcasts to record with you guys. Like I, I Crystal, uh, Crystal and I in Vegas. Crystal and I, we got three, uh, four podcasts if you count the fact that Crystal and I were there like midweek. So it, 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 well, we were there for an entire week, but but the podcasts end midweek. So like we got two full episodes we can give you just based on the shit that her and I did. Um, uh, it was it was great, and then to have uh, you know the the trip I went on with mom just recently, Crystal and I went to uh, Playa del Carmen for my fortieth, and we'll record that episode together and talk things that we did. Um, it's just uh, it's nice, guys. I'm really 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 uh, excited. I'm excited again about the podcast. Um, it doesn't feel as much like work, um, even though it, I spent a lot of time. I just want to I want to make it something shiny and new again. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, you know what? I would like to take a second. I mean, it's my show. I'll do it. However the f- I'll do whatever the fuck I want. All right. That's, that's a serious attitude to have there, Josh. Jesus Christ. People are listening and you're like, they didn't even call you out the cosmetologist. Jesus Christ. I haven't had cars pass me in so long. I pull up my phone thinking I'm by myself. All of a sudden, a big parade of cars are coming. Uh, why are you on? Sorry. My, my side camera was on. So I'm looking down at the map and I'm like, oh, I just see beside my car. I narrate all the dumb things I do. I should have just stopped talking and been like, oh, phonic will just blur it out. All right, gang. I want to get uh, the email. My buddy, Sean. So I, I want to do this because I don't want to forget because I'll just talk about all the things that I watched and whatever at the end. But Sean sent me an email. Big shout out to Sean. Sean, thank you for sending me this, uh, buddy. He says, hey, buddy, just listen to the pod at work. Sorry, I'm going to do this a little slow because I got to like read the thing and look at the road. Um, if you're looking for stuff to watch, check out Midsummer. Uh, I was a little late on, but it's the best horror film since we watched Sleepaway Camp in grade nine. All right, pause there. Whoops, I went to scratch my head, but my phone cord's not long enough. Uh, so Midsummer, I watched. Um, I don't remember when. Uh, very likely, uh, uh, would it have been a retrospective episode? Crystal and I were together. I, I think I watched it when we weren't together. So I think I may have addressed it in the podcast already, but Midsummer, um, very scary movie, um, takes place. They say the entire thing takes place during the day. However, that is inaccurate. There are some night scenes in Midsummer, but the movie does a very good job of making you feel fearful in broad daylight. Um, it also... Um, I don't know. I don't remember if I watched the movie while I was sick um, or if I just um, (laughs) or if I just felt that way. I've watched movies before while I was under the weather and it gave them like a a heavier feeling because I'm like, oh, I'm watching. Shut up. Don't you dare talk to me, Siri. I just heard the Siri sound. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Fuck off. Delete draft. Um, Yeah, like I've watched movies. I remember saw the, the remake of Psycho while I was at home with like a fever and so like watching it. And even though they did like, they even did like some old school scenes where it's like stabbing and then it f- cuts to like scene of like scattering birds and then whatever. So 
when you're already fevered and delirious, it just makes you feel even more high watching something like that. Kind of like when you're watching Requiem for a Dream, the 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 quick cuts of of all the you know process of doing the drugs that they show in that movie. Um, well done movie. Anyways, Midsummer made me feel high watching it. Like I said, I don't remember if I was like homesick. Wasn't delirious, but just like being under the weather. I was laying in bed watching it. And I just remember like you're looking at things and it like um just with like like camera focus angles and shit like that, it's really trippy. So like you don't like the the characters per se aren't really high. Like they definitely do drugs in the movie at times, but it just seems like throughout portions of the movie they're just high. Like, like you're, you're like, am I high? Are those flowers breathing? Like I've never, I've never been on any kind of psychedelics. Um, but I, let me ask you guys, I'm going to throw this out to you again. Again, just anything I can do to ask you to maybe uh, engage with me is, um, anyone who's seen the movie Midsummer, um, is that what like doing mushrooms or acid is like to an extent where it's not so much that you know, you're hallucinating, like, oh, the flowers are talking to you, but like that whole, like, it looks like the flowers are breathing in and out because your, your perception is swaying back. I don't know if you, if you've been high and you've seen Midsummer, tell me if it is a, you know, accurate representation because people smoke pot in movies and then they start hallucinating and that doesn't happen. You don't hallucinate on pot. Pot's more of just like a fucking pot is like giving a regular person ADD. That's kind of what pot's like, where you just can't stay focused on one thing. Your brain, you just, it's like extreme daydreaming in the sense that your brain just kind of goes off, but you don't hallucinate. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not, not unless it's laced with something. So, uh, Sean, great recommendation. Very scary movie. Very fucked up. Kind of just with like what you're left with or whatever. Um, so Midsummer, great recommendation. Have seen it and, and echo your, your suggestion to watch it. Um, I've also been into blank check. Sorry, I'm being very careful. Ooh, I could put on my lane assist and keep from ending up into a ditch. Um, sorry, I just going to pull it up so I want to have it more in line. I want to be safe, guys. I am being safe. I'm, I'm not going that fast and there's nobody else in the road. Uh, smash. Um, <laughs> I've also been into blank check with Griffin and David, a podcast about filmographies. Um, it's been great revisiting classic films from directors who had... Pause, please, while this 18-wheeler passes me on the other side, and I stare at the road. Beep, 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 zoom. Okay. Um, it is directors who had huge successes early on that allowed them to work on any crazy uh, passion projects they want. Sorry, that they want. Some uh, Sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they bounce, baby. Yeah, absolutely. And like it was, I believe that was like uh, you're echoing what I was saying about the what's his face, uh, the, the Deadpool stuff and, uh, Scott Derrickson and all that from the last episode, the Dr. Strange movies, they have a great mix of serious and casual approaches to film criticism. And there's a ton of great, uh, inside baseball stuff that they get into. I've seen heaps of great films that I never would have otherwise because of them. Can't recommend enough. Start with Zemeckis or Nolan, and I guarantee you'll be hooked. Hope you're doing fi- well, old friend. Uh, thank you so much, Sean. I hope you're doing well too, buddy. Uh, all the best to you and your lovely uh, partner, Megan. Um, yeah, that sounds interesting. I actually didn't get to that this week, and I apologize. I was uh, I was throwing Netflix on. Jesus fucking Christ, it's cold in this car. Um, sorry, put up the heat. Um, yeah, I uh, I watch, but I watched a bunch of like the movies that made us and uh, and some some docs this week. I'll talk about all that shit. But um, 
Yeah, Zemeckis is a great one. Robert Zemeckis, for anyone who doesn't know, I think is an incredibly, um, I guess you kind of have to be a bit of a cinephile to know who he is, which sucks because there's absolutely no reason that anyone shouldn't know who he is. Um, but Robert Zemeckis, I believe, should be a household name the same way that, uh, like, you you don't have to be a cinephile to know who Tim Burton is. You don't have to be a cinephile to know who uh, Quentin Tarantino is, Steven Spielberg, right? Those guys, uh, James Cameron, another one. Um, those are guys that, um, you know, someone says, oh, it's a James Cameron movie. It's like, oh, well, we know, you know who that is. Oh, it's a Steven Spielberg movie. We know who that is. You know what I mean? Maybe George Lucas, but Lucas kind of really has, is so what he did American graffiti was like his first movie or something. I've never seen it and nor do I even care to, but like Lucas is like synonymous with star Wars. And that's, that's kind of it. Right. Like the same way that like, you know, you know who like, I was going to say that, uh, I was going to say J.R.R. Tolkien, but that's not who it is. George R.R. Martin, J.R.R. Tolkien, the fucking, who's the J.K. Rowling. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, but it's like, really, we just know her from a bunch of Harry Potter books, not a bunch of other shit. Anyways, um, two directors that I think should be household names. However, one of them is like, it's funny that a lot of people know who Quentin Tarantino is. And um, I think that it's kind of cool that when you know, when you know a director, uh, sometimes it doesn't even matter if you know what the plot of a movie is. I've mentioned this with my buddy Chad before and just talking because like when Chad and I started hanging out, I got him into a bunch of these different Tarantino movies. And, and like, I, I think, I don't think there's any maybe Reservoir Dogs that he hasn't seen yet. But I was saying to Chad that it's like Tarantino, I don't even care what the movie's about. If I just know, Hey, there's a new Tarantino movie coming out. I'll, I'll see it because I like his movies. Um, and it's the same kind of like, you know, like sometimes, uh, same with Tim Burton. There's some people just like, I just love everything Tim Burton does. I will see any Tim Burton movie. I know his art style, whatever. Um, I have directors that I don't expect anyone to know that for a long time, anything that they did, uh, I would watch. Um, I just recently, uh, watched the whale. I'll tell you about that in another episode, but I watched the whale. That's a movie by Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky also directed, Requiem for a Dream that I referenced earlier. He also did a movie called Pi and The Fountain. Um, and I think early on, I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd check out a Darren Aronofsky movie. That's all I need to know. There was also a director who I really enjoyed uh, called P.T. Anderson. And he did uh, Boogie Nights. He did Magnolia. And he did Punch Drunk Love. Uh, he had a very artistic uh, way of doing things. And I was like, oh man, I really like this guy's movies. I don't know what is about them. I just like his style. And again, if it says P.T. Anderson, I will check it out. Um, and then he did There Will Be Blood. And I watched that. And that was another one I watched sick. I get, the, I don't think I watch movies when I'm sick. I mean like sick head cold where I'm like, I'm like in and out of it and I'm not really focused. Um, but I, I watched There Will Be Blood and it was a Daniel Day-Lewis movie and everything that guy touches, everybody loves. He's like the fucking male Meryl Streep. Uh, you know, it's just like, oh, P.T. Anderson or what is his face? Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is in it. Oh, it's gonna be amazing. Um, oh, I'm, I'm already drawing connections for myself here. But anyways, um, everything P.T. Anderson did, I liked. And then I saw There Will Be Blood and I didn't care for it. I, I don't even think, but oil, like, like oil derricks and stuff like that and, and getting Daryl, you know, like. I, I don't, I don't even remember what it was about, but oil, but oil and a guy, you know, selling people out for, for oil and shit like that. So, um, that was one where I saw it, didn't really care. Darren Aronofsky, um, 
that's one I was like, okay, I'll check it out. I watched The Fountain. The Fountain looked really interesting. Rachel Weiss and uh, Hugh Jackman. I think it was Hugh Jackman. Uh, don't know what the fuck was going on with that. But very roundabout way to go back is that um, another person who I I would I would venture a guess as a household name, but it's less likely if you're not really into his stuff is Martin Scorsese. So for me, you know, you put Martin Scorsese on it, there's a good chance I'll watch it. Um, there have been some Scorsese movies I haven't. For example, like The Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, didn't watch that, but like there was a good a good while where there was a corridor of movies in the 90s where it was like Goodfellas, Martin Scorsese, great fucking movie. Casino, Martin Scorsese. Uh, what else? Um, there's more than fuck. those two. Um, yeah, yeah, well, really, I forgot. Scorsese also, um, you know, Cab Driver, right? Robert De Niro, you talking to me? Talking to me? Uh, Raging Bull is a Scorsese movie. So Scorsese had like a lot of these tough guy fucking killer movies, right? Goodfellas, all mobster stuff, casino mobster stuff. Tend, tend to be like a lot on the crime stuff, right? But then he did movies like The Aviator. He had a couple other ones that weren't like, you know, uh, bad movies. But Martin Scorsese is a director where like you, you get his name and you kind of have an idea what you're in for. Um, Wolf of Wall Street is Martin Scorsese. So, and then I know he did the Irishman, which was back to like the Goodfellas type stuff, whatever. Um, it, it came out to high praise. Sometimes I think people just get their cock sucked because of who they are. Um, I did not love the Irishman. Um, it was on Netflix. It was like, they got De Niro, Pesci came out of retirement. Al Pacino was in it. You know, they got, best part of that movie was that Sebastian Maniscalco gets murdered in his scene. Great. Standing ovation. Kill that motherfucker. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the Irishman, I really didn't, uh, I mean, it wasn't bad. I watched the whole thing. I guess I was interested, but I just didn't, just didn't give a fuck. It was, it was no Goodfellas. It was no casino. Um, would have been nice for it to be really something special, but to me, it just, it was, eh. but all that is to say, Sean, I'm still talking about your email, by the way, all that is to say that, um, I don't know if you guys know, maybe, maybe Nolan, Christopher Nolan, like to me, he's no Scorsese, but there's a, there's an aspect where it's like, well, if it's a Christopher Nolan movie, it's, it's going to have some sort of, you know, notoriety. I think he's another director that people kind of know. And, um, for anyone who doesn't, again, it depends on like how much you like those type of movies. Uh, Christopher Nolan, um, directed the new Batman movies, the ones with Christian Bale, uh, and did an outstanding job on the first two. And then I don't know what the fuck happened with the last, who cares? Christopher Nolan also directed an incredibly good movie called The Prestige with Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, Michael Caine, um, uh, fucking Scarlett Johansson, Piper Parabo, I think is her name. Um, and who else? There was another one in there. Uh, the chick from the movie, The Gift in the Lake House, very talented. And I feel like an asshole because I can't remember her name. But like, like great cast, great fucking cast by magician. Fucking David Bowie was in the movie too. Great movie. The prestige can't recommend that enough. Very Christopher Nolan. The movies have like a lot of dark, dark, uh, elements to them. Um, Christopher Nolan also did a, directed inception. Um, that new movie tenant that nobody seems to understand what the fuck, like they tried to make it so fucking convoluted that nobody even understands what the hell's going on. Uh, I haven't seen it, so I don't know, but, but Christopher Nolan, again, high praise, big notoriety. He's directed some other stuff. I can't think of whatever it is off the top of my head, but, uh, yeah. So another director. So going back to Robert Zemeckis, um, Robert Zemeckis 
has made some of the most influential uh, movies to cinema. Robert Zemeckis, to like some of my earlier recollections, uh, Robert Zemeckis did the movie, um, little movie called Back to the Future, which some of you guys may have heard, which is taught in film classes. Okay, this person is going to fly past me. Um, yeah, another Quebec driver. Good for you guys, huh? Um, Back to the Future is a movie that kind of breaks um, some storytelling uh, rules. Like, it's a weird premise. And even John Mulaney has a bit about what a weird premise it is. A guy goes back in time whose mom tries to fuck him. He wants to get his dad and his mom together, but his mom's trying to fuck him. It's like, what? But um, generally speaking, a lot of movies, people uh, will have an arc, right? Like a, a growth point, something that they're dealing with before, somebody who have efforts. For Marty, as the protagonist, Marty, you know, he's living in his po- folks and his dad's kind of a pussy and his mom's, you know, just sort of walled up and, and you know, Mo, she felt sorry for him because he fell in front of the car and, you know, got hit by a car while he was peeping or something. Or no, they didn't know he was peeping. They just, oh, he fell in front of the car and got hurt and she nursed off and felt sorry for him, whatever. Like the growth, really, the only people who really grow as characters in that movie are uh, Lorraine and uh, George McFly, right? Because, you know, by the time Marty, uh, you know, gets gets everything done or whatever, his dad's more confident, his mom's more, you know, uh, in love, and they're happier. They're, they, you know, they grow old, they're happy. They, he doesn't end up like Biff's little bitch or whatever. Um, so they're the ones who have growth, because Marty... Marty doesn't really have any issue with the fear and stuff like that. His fear is like, oh, I'm going to die if I don't, whatever, you know, like get my parents together. But in terms of him having growth as a character, um, you know, you call him chicken, it still pisses him off. He stayed, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a trigger <laughs> for him. But uh, in terms of like who he was at the beginning of the movie and who he is at the end, he's kind of the same. He accomplishes his goal, but he himself doesn't have any, um, any growth or any real epiphanies. Um, which is one of the rules that kind of broke in storytelling is that your main character doesn't uh, go through a change, doesn't have an arc. You know what I mean? It has conflict, but it doesn't have an arc. And uh, and despite the fact that it breaks that rule and still, um, you know, and, and is and it's still a good movie, it's actually taught in a lot of film schools as like the perfect movie script, uh, or sorry, or the perfect story. Um, and I, I, I truly don't know why that is, but it's a great story start to finish. A lot of fun, a lot of, you know what I mean? Like a lot of great moments in the movie. Um, I will mention that Marty's character has an arc over the course of the three movies. However, the other two were never, um, they, like, they were never intended to be a sequel. The first movie was self-contained. Then they added a sequel where they're like, oh, we're going to do two more. And that was always set up to be, con- you know, two and three were written t- together. But um, it was, uh, his growth over the course of the entire trilogy is that he doesn't let people calling him chicken affect him. He doesn't care about being provoked, whatever. He doesn't have anything to prove that, that changes over the course of three movies, but not in the first one. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, Robert Zemeckis director of, uh, back to the future. He also directed a great movie, which surprisingly, you know, now that I'm getting older, less and less people that I know are familiar with it, but a great movie called who framed Roger rabbit. Um, 
a, a point that I want to get back to um, is, is just sorry, not back to, but I want to make before I move too far ahead is that um, back to the future, very uh, special effects intensive, right? Like some, some cutting edge stuff done for that. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit shy of a little, uh, a little short called zippity doo da zippity a. It was the first full length feature film that had uh, cartoons and live action together. So a lot of people would be more familiar with a movie like Space Jam, where it's like live action with cartoons. But Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, was the first feature-length movie to do that. I remember I was a little kid uh, when that movie came out, and uh, we were seeing my grandparents in Perry Sound, which is another place that I I drove kind of near today. I haven't been anywhere anywhere near in years. Um uh, that week it came out in little theater in Perry sound and I had been bad that day. I don't remember what, but, um, you know, my mom and dad were together uh, at Perry sound and I don't even remember which parent it was, but one of them stayed home with me. Uh, and I wasn't allowed to go see the movie. And I don't remember when I saw it. I don't think I saw it on that trip. I think I saw it once we got back, but eh, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta punish your kid. And I guess not going to a movie is a, is a lot better than I guess a spanking. Um, but anyways, my point, I, I just, sorry, I just I remember that. I remember that's, that's how long ago it was. And a lot of people don't know what it is, but it's a great movie, um, starring, uh, Bob Hoskins, uh, Christopher Lloyd. It has, uh, oh yeah, I guess I could see the connection, right? Christopher Lloyd was in Back to the Future. So there you go. I had already worked with Zemeckis, I believe at that time. I don't remember which one of those came first, to be honest, but, um, yeah, um, Christopher Lloyd, Bob Hoskins, uh, don't, uh, and, uh, Kathleen Turner voiced Jessica Rabbit. Um, so that was another Robert Zemeckis movie. Another Robert Zemeckis movie, uh, Forrest Gump, another one using sort of like, uh, you know, that, that facial, um, recognition, not recognition, sorry, but like a movie where, you know, they used, uh, like faces of people who were dead and recreated them in the scenes where Forrest Gump is meeting like JFK and talking to, you know, maybe Nixon and John Lennon and things like that. It was just another really cool thing to be like, Oh my God, look at this movie and all these different points of time. And you know, they've, they've got it making it look like he was sitting there and the captain kangaroo with John Lennon or whatever. Um, but a good movie again, another one that's a classic Forrest Gump's a classic directed by Robert Zemeckis. He also did a movie called The Frighteners with Michael J. Fox, where Michael J. Fox was like this medium, <coughs> excuse me, medium, and he had this ghost with him, and he would go in and he would like perform exorcisms on houses, except it would be like his ghost buddies that would go in and like make the place seem haunted, and then, you know, he'd get paid, and then, you know, they'd all leave with him, and anyways, um, not, not one of the better movies, The Frighteners. Um, Robert Zemeckis did a movie called Death Becomes Her, which I did see. And I, and I think the only reason I saw it was, again, it's young, long time ago. The only reason I saw it is because I think it was playing like in a hotel we were staying in years ago, like, um, and it starred, uh, Goldie Hawn, uh, Meryl Streep, who I mentioned earlier and Bruce Willis. Um, one of Bruce Willis's first, like, you know, movie roles. Die Hard was his first, I think, but, um, yeah, Death Becomes Her. It was about a, about a guy, I think it was seeing two women and they, they, drink like a love potion so that he'll love them. But it turns out that like it makes it so that he, they will be in love with him forever. Uh, so like, I, I don't know what I mean. He tries to 
to kill them or something like that. And uh, they, they die, except they come back. And now he's got like these two women who are like, they just will not leave him alone or whatever. And, uh, and they can't die and uh, whatever. I was uh, not a, not a bad flick. I remember, I remember as a young kid, um, this thing was, was, you know, I don't think that I was the demographic for this movie yet. I, I remember being entertained and interested by it. Um, excuse me. Um, Robert Zemeckis also actually directed a, an episode of Tales from the Crypt, uh, in the nineties. And it had something very similar along the ways of, uh, the Forrest Gump thing using fake shrugness was like a whole episode where uh, it's a point of view shot, but it's supposed to be like Humphrey, Humphrey Bogart. So like every now and again, you know, they'll catch a reflection and it's like Humphrey Bogart talking in the mirror, even though Bogart was dead. So uh, really, really cool. Um, and there's a couple others. Contact, I believe, was Robert Zemeckis. Never saw it, but everyone said it was stupid about like Jodie Foster thinking she's making contact with aliens. And then there's like some stupid spoiler at the end. that's like, ah, which apparently like ruined the movie. And then, uh, and then one of my favorite Robert Zemeckis movies, um, ever really well done, uh, was the movie, what lies beneath. Now it's a movie with Michelle Pfeiffer and Harrison Ford. It also had James Remar as the neighbor. And I think the wife was someone of note too. She's been in some stuff. But um, that was a great fucking movie. That was a great movie. It was done as a thriller slash horror. And what I loved, what I loved about that movie was that there were so many different types of scary in it. They had like haunting scary, uh, what seemed to be murder scary. Like, you know, like, oh, there's a murderer next door. Uh, oh my God, there's a ghost haunting my house. And then of course, uh, if you haven't seen it, I won't spoil it for you because I believe it still holds up. Um, then you have the last type of scary at the end where you're like, oh my God. Um, you know what I mean? Just like an unforeseen thing ties everything together. Great movie. Another one by Robert Zemeckis. So with, with, uh, uh, a filmography like that, I'm sure I'm forgetting ones like honest to God who framed Roger Rabbit back to the future and Forrest Gump alone should should be like, this guy's got a great body of work, but then you put in a bunch of the other ones that he's done. Um, and there was stuff before that too. I I'm, I'm incredibly tempted to do it, but, but you can look it up Robert Zemeckis or just go to IMDb and put in Forrest Gump, click on director and see all the work he's done. I'm sure that there's like other ones where like, Oh my God, he made that too, that I'm just completely spacing on right now. But, um, so Sean, I'm so sorry for the longest response to an email, but, uh, when you just throw out Zemeckis there, um, and anyone who's listening going like, you know, Zemeckis, Nolan, like, yeah, if you're talking about, uh, the, you know, guys who've got big bodies of work, but, you know, may not be household names, Robert Zemeckis definitely deserves to be there. Martin Scorsese, I think is more likely to be someone you guys would know, but you know, if you're not into like, you know, mobster crime, that kind of shit, you know, you might not be as interested. I think he does a lot of like, you know, uh, biopics, you know, or based on a true story stuff, Scorsese. Right. But I think those guys, I also would uh, definitely encourage you to check out P.T. Anderson. Uh, so Boogie Nights, uh, Magnolia and Punch Drunk Love. I really enjoyed those. Um, Darren Aronofsky, like I said, high praise for the whale that just came out. Um, and then obviously Requiem for a Dream and Pie and The Fountain, uh, his other movies. Yeah, um, I, I'm like, I, I'm not like I, I enjoy watching movies 
and I'm not someone who necessarily studies them, but I am somebody just like, I'm, I'm pretty good with names and stuff like that. And because it's art, if I find a style that I like, once I, once I become aware of the director, I'll be like, oh, this guy's done a lot. You know, uh, it's like, it's like knowing James Wan in horror, right? James Wan, uh, I believe wrote and directed the first Saw movie. Uh, and then I, I believe he wrote, he wrote and directed the second Saw movie. Then he moved on to do, uh, Insidious, very scary movie with Patrick Wilson and, uh, Rose Byrne and probably some other notable characters. Um, and then he did the second one of that, moved on to make the Conjuring movies, uh, where he used Patrick Wilson again, and then Vera Farmagia or whatever, however you pronounce it was in it. Um, that was great. And, um, yeah. And then, of course, they took him and they made uh, Aquaman. They gave him Aquaman, which is weird. But I think it's because Scott Derrickson had done a horror movie or horror movies and then went on to do the very successful Doctor Strange. Uh, in DC fashion, they they always, you know pilfer from marvel and go oh what is marvel doing oh they took a horror director and gave him a scoop let's do that let's get that guy from the other scary ones but uh yeah i guess it just it just sometimes it helps to know who wrote or who directed the thing that you're going to watch because sometimes you go i'm not sure if i want to see it and you go oh it's from that guy i like his shit uh james gunn james gunn is the uh writer director of guardians of the galaxy great movies um james gunn made uh he made a movie called Slither, kind of horror-y, funny, whatever. Uh, he made a movie called Slither. And I just, uh, not long ago, I'll try to remember that we can talk about it more then. But I watched a, a, a movie called The Belco Project. And it was like a weird sort of Hunger Games inside of an office building type movie. And Crystal had suggested it. And I was like, whatever. She said, she's, her and I have pretty good, uh, you know, um, um, tastes. And and we we seem to see eye to eye and very similar tastes and that kind of thing. So she's like, you got to check out this movie, The Belko Experiment, whatever, da, da, da. And I was like, all right, you know, maybe it'll be good. Maybe it won't be, whatever. I'll give it a shot. But then the second I turned it on and I'm seeing like, you know, Michael Rooker and Sean Gunn, who's his brother. Uh, and then it's like, you know, written and directed by James Gunn. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm in. I'm in. Like, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it way more. I know this director, uh, you know. But uh, he also, uh, they, DC stole him when Disney fired him for a tweet. Uh, DC uh, stole him for the, the more recent The Suicide Squad. So again, you're like, oh, the guy who did Guardians? Well, I'm sure this will be a, another group of ragtag heroes you've never heard before. Let's try to enjoy it. So whatever. I'm going to move on from, uh, from this topic. This is going to be a long one, guys. I thought it was going to be a short one. I just jawed for the longest time about movies. And I hope it was interesting. I hope it was interesting. I'd love to. Um, if you feel like that list uh, missed any household name directors, um, just for the record, Walt Disney is not a director. Uh, is he? Does it count? Maybe. Um, John Favreau. Boom. Almost forgot Johnny Favreau. John Favreau is another guy who's got like a nice, nice body of work under his belt. Uh, directed Iron Man. He directed the new, that's what made me think of the Disney movies, right? Uh, he directed Iron Man. Huge success. Launched the Marvel Cinematic News universe, uh, you know, uh, was responsible. I believe he directed a couple episodes, but was responsible for the Mandalorian show, which is very popular. He directed the new, uh, live action jungle book and lion King, um, did a movie called Zathura. He's got, uh, you know, the, he was in the movie chef and uh, I thought it was a good movie. Uh, he's also very passionate about cooking. So like kind of cool with his tastes, but John, John Favreau, I do not expect to be household, but just a guy with a, with a good body of work under him. 
So, uh, yeah, if you guys think that there's anybody that should, any household names, dire- directors, guys, specifically directors, um, you know, uh, that you think, hey, this person, you know, deserves a, a shout out in any genre. I really don't care. Um, send it. Contact at onemanpodcast.com. Let me know what you think. Um, alternatively, uh, yeah, um, any other, any other like podcast, anything you guys want to talk about, uh, send it to me. Let me know uh, your thoughts or or maybe even some other types of works where you're like, you know, da, 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 da. Like I, I wouldn't count Stephen King. There's a million Stephen King movies and Mike... Michael Crichton movies and things like that, but they get different directors and stuff like that. Their adaptations. Stanley Kubrick. Ooh, that might have been one that I missed. In case anybody's sitting there going, "Oh, I'm going to send him a Kubrick one." Blah blah blah. Stanley Kubrick was, uh, I think, a household name, but because he's passed on, I think it's much much harder now. But yes, Stanley Kubrick had a gigantic body of work. Uh, what do you call it? Alfred Hitchcock. There's another one. Another one would be like just Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, Vincent Price. I don't know if that counts, but yeah. Uh, let's just kill more time. Kubrick, we got The Shining, Eyes Wide Shut, I believe 2001, A Space Odyssey. Um, had he not died, you know, during, he would have directed the movie AI, which went to Spielberg when he passed. Um, and then there's another one. This is for my real cinephiles here. Uh, another guy who's got quite the body of work on him is, uh, Terry Gilliam, who, uh, directed 12 Monkeys. Uh, the, the, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, he directed that. And that was a movie he did while, uh, what's his face? Heath Ledger died. So they had Ewan McGregor, Johnny Depp, and somebody else come in and, and help finish that movie, uh, which was interesting, but I still don't know what the fuck happened in that movie and different guys to follow along with made it difficult also. Um, but Terry Gilliam has done that. Um, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm starting to go starting to go a little off where I start to mention guys like Zack Snyder because of 300 and Watchmen and, you know, all the shitty DCs. Joss Whedon is another one. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll let you guys, uh, send in any thoughts, send me some, some directors that you're particularly keen on that, like I said, uh, maybe some of those guys, it's not so much that like, Oh, if they make anything, but David Fincher was another one. He did fight club. Um, yeah, there's lots of great movies out there. Lots and lots of great fucking movies there. Um, so let me know what you guys think, what you like, what uh, what directors you think um, have just, just outstanding bodies of work and that you would go and see their movie regardless of uh, of what it's about. You know what I mean? Like I said, I, I think we could all agree. You find out there's a new Tarantino movie coming out, I'm probably just going to go see it. Find out there's a new Tim Burton movie. Some people, I don't care what it is. I love Tim Burton. Um, you know, new Spielberg movie coming out, new James Cameron movie. Oh my God. Those guys, Avatar, Titanic, Terminator, Aliens. Oh my God. Right. Uh, fucking Jaws, Jurassic Park, E.T. Uh, I think I did an episode a long time ago about how Spielberg kind of fell off a lot of his shit just after a while. I was like, oh, that one, well, that one wasn't great. Yeah. That one wasn't either. Yeah, that one kind of sucked. So anyways, all right. I, uh, I'm going to move on to what I watched this week. But I'll do like a speed round because I'm uh, I'm getting a little tired. My voice is getting more hoarse. And uh, I'll be honest, I, I have a little light that shows it's still recording. But um, I've used these batteries a few times now in this recorder. And I just want to make sure that uh, they don't just die mid-podcast. So um, I watched um, some, uh, so like some short-form documentaries. 
Um, I watched uh, today while I was packing, I watched the movies that made us. I watched the Aliens one and I watched the Coming to America one. Um, John Landis, another director uh, who did Blues Brothers, Coming to America, Trading Places. Uh, he directed uh, American Werewolf in London, which scared the shit out of me as a child. And then uh, he also directed uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller video. So again, incredibly iconic music video by John Lewis. Um, and he directed like one of the Twilight Zone uh, segments of the Twilight Zone movie remake. Um, but yeah, so I was watching Trading Places, the movies that made us, and Aliens. Guys, if you haven't watched the movies that made us on Netflix, can't recommend it enough. Super cool. They have an episode about the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Tim Burton's. They have an episode. They have episodes about like Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and Halloween. All super worth watching. Um, yeah, I mean, tons of stuff like Die Hard, Ghostbusters. I believe Forrest Gump was one of the ones that was there. Um, just great. Uh, Back to the Future, I think, is also one. So check out the movies that made us. Uh, it's great. I don't even need to tell you about it. Just go watch it and, and you can see for yourself. Uh, you will not be disappointed. Um, with just getting the, uh, as Sean puts it, inside baseball on a lot of these movies um, and finding how finding out how close they were, a lot of them, to uh, never having been made. Um, Home Alone is also on there too. Uh, so yeah. Um, yeah, it's super cool in that, um, what else did we do? What else did we watch? I watched a ton of stand-up guys, which was another thing I'm excited because I'm excited to be doing some writing again too. Um, I, it's been a minute since I've done any stand-up comedy writing and I'd like to get some new uh, bits out considering that I will be headlining at Absolute Comedy uh, next week, next week, uh, May 23rd through 24th. If you want to get tickets, absolutecomedy.ca or call 613-233-8000 for tickets. Would love for you guys to be there. Um, also, um, yeah, want to get some jokes written, whatever. It's cool watching stand-up. I watched uh, uh, John Mulaney's uh, new special, Baby J, I believe is what it's called. Um, John Mulaney, uh, I think very funny guy did not know that he'd struggled with drugs, but he talks a lot about that in this, um, in the special. Um, is it super funny? I don't, don't know. Um, but I found it to be very honest and vulnerable and I, I respect that. I mean, like, and not like viscerally vulnerable, a little vulnerable, like letting you peek behind the curtain of his, of his failures or whatever. Um, but it was, it was a decent, um, decent special baby Jane. Um, I watched Neil Brennan's, uh, special called blocks. That guy's fucking awesome, man. Um, I, I certainly have to tell you guys, you need to watch his previous Netflix special called three mics. Please watch that. Um, Neil Brennan is, so Neil Brennan is a guy who co-wrote the movie half baked with Dave Chappelle. He was good friends, uh, well, probably still is, but he's, he's friends with Dave Chappelle, and he also co-created The Chappelle Show with him. Um, Neil Brennan, for a long time, was a writer behind the scenes, movies, stand-up, other stand-up comics, things like that. Neil Brennan has also recently written for, you know, those like uh, State of the Union, I don't know if it's State of the Union, but like the, the, the White House Correspondence Dinner, where they have comics and stuff. He's written for the comics there. Um... He, uh, wrote, he helped Ellen write her new special. So someone who hadn't done stand up a long time, her special was half decent. My guess is that the half that was funny came from Neil. Um, but yeah, Neil Brennan, three mics, 
He does something very interesting, whereas he has three different microphones set up on the stage. I probably talked about this already in the podcast, but just in case you're coming in, I want to remind you, three microphones on stage, and one of them he tells like short little kind of one-liners into, the other one he tells like regular kind of jokey jokes, and then the third one he tells like long-form stories. And that's a, that is a special where a guy gets vulnerable when he's telling the stories, um, his jokes are also very funny. I find them to be very, very interesting. He does have an episode where he's done comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. Um, so you can see him just sort of talking about shit there. But uh, first special three mics, great. The new special uh, blocks is really cool. And then there's, there is a really awesome fucking payoff at the end that I never saw coming. Uh, and I, I doubt you will either until you get to the end. But um, funny, some good jokes there, but also some just really, again, like this is the kind of vulnerability that I would aspire to on stage. Um, so I, I really can't suggest Neil Brennan three mics and then Neil Blen- Brennan blocks, like like Lego blocks kind of thing. Um, but watch those was thoroughly entertained. I watched a couple Jimmy Carr specials, uh, his dark material, and then I don't remember what the other one was called. But there's a few on Netflix. And then I watched uh, Jim Jeffries' new Est special, which I don't remember what it's called. Um, but Jim Jeffries, I mean, it really doesn't matter if you search Jim Jeffries and pick any of the specials there. Uh, they're all good, in my opinion. But just find the one that's got the most recent year on it. And that's the one I watched. It was really, really good. Um, and finally, at least that I can remember, I mean, I also threw on other movies that I'd seen before to pass out to. But uh, overall, I uh, I thoroughly enjoy. I, uh, I watched, um, which I thought I hadn't seen. And every time an episode would start, the first like ten minutes, I was like, oh, I don't think I've seen this. And then like I was like, I'd get halfway through, I'm like, oh yeah, I already saw this. But I still watch it anyways. Um, I watched. Um, I actually really, really enjoy watching documentaries about the pornographic industry. The pornographic fucking porn industry. I, I like watching documentaries that talk about the the actors, the business, um, the, like and honestly, like the um, I guess the mindsets of people that go into it. Um, I don't like. I mean, it's like sure, there's there's nudity, but really not that much. In all fairness, like even though it's like like Netflix, a lot of the stuff, it's like okay, they'll still they might have a tit shot here and there. They don't show any penetration. There's no porn. There's no porn in it. Um. It's just, it's interesting that they talk about uh, just A, stuff you'd never see. They don't cast a great light on it. They don't cast necessarily a bad light on it, but people like let you know. It's like, hey man, those those idiots are like, what would you want to do? Oh man, I'd love to be a porn star. That'd be my ultimate. Like, guys are like, oh, that'd be my ultimate goal. It's like, you should watch this. You know, you should watch the guys talking about how like, it's not fun. I have to, I have to take pills to maintain an erection so that I can film these like fucking two hour long scenes Right. And then like when it's time to come, the guy's like, Hey, let's go. Let's come. Hey man, come on, come on. Let's go pop bud. What's the ETA on that pop? And the guy's standing there like jerking off. He's like, okay, how, uh, how are we doing? How close are we? Like, it's like everything that would just take you right the fuck out of the moment and make it impossible. Like just things like that. Like, I mean, that, that's, you know, that's not necessarily the psychology of it, but I'm saying like listening to these people like, Oh, I'm going to get into the business and this and that. Like you find out like how quickly people get turned over you know, uh, it's not just that like, oh, uh, I do like all these girls just changed their mind after they started. It's that they straight up, uh, got into the business and the business was done with them in like two, three months. Um, 
some people who like own their own business. And like, I, I, uh, I enjoy learning about all these women who are like, I actually own my own cam site and my own, you know, website, because that way the content all belongs to me. And instead of me getting paid fucking nothing, I'm doing like these live chats where people are paying me to do things in the moment. And all that money goes to me or whatever, or, or the vast majority, as opposed to some guys giving me like $200, you know, as a 20 year old to fuck some 45 year old stranger, you know, and then that's, all I get for it. You know what I mean? Like I just get 200, I'm basically a $200 prostitute only for a prostitute. Not everyone saw what happened. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, oh, like it's just, it's fascinating. Like I've, I've mentioned this before is that people think I like, when I do a show, I make fuck loads of money and it's like, well, I mean, for what I'm doing, I am just talking, but I'm performing. It's, it's stuff that I've written. It's stuff that I've refined to make sure it works, you know, everywhere, like a, a lot of different things. Um, but, but I get, I've done shows where I get paid 300 bucks. That probably doesn't, uh, you know, that might seem like, oh wow, for an hour of talking, it's like, yeah, but I'm not doing a show every single day. You know, when I have a week of shows, sure, but I'm not doing a show every single day. So 300 bucks once a week, isn't really that much, you know? And you, you get to a point where like, I'm, I'm in a good way right now with my standup that I, I can say no to gigs. But I'll tell you guys, when I first left home, well, not left home, but when I first left my job and moved home to pursue stand-up, um, I, like, first off, I was very lucky that I was getting paid for stand-up six months in. No word of a lie, guys. And I mean, from a club owner, um, there's open micers that can like put on a show and the bar will give them like 50 bucks and they give, you know, five bucks to every comic. I'm like, oh, I'm a paid comedian. It's like, I don't, I don't. Yes, technically you're correct. You were paid to do stand up, but it was five bucks. And, and let's put it this way. Uh, you know, maybe, um, the, the comic who books that show asked you to be on the show, but the guy who gave that money to the booker didn't ask for Billy, any kid to be on the show. You just, you got paid by proxy. You know what I mean? The, the customer was paying for a show, not for you. Whereas for myself, I actually had a comedy club owner booking me specifically and paying me specifically to go do the gig. So, um, I was very fortunate that I was getting paid work. You listen to a lot of uh, comics and, uh, a lot of them were doing like from the moment they first got on stage to the first time, you know, they were being paid to do spots was, is, you know, I would say probably on average two years. You know, some people were very lucky like me where they would get paid very early on because they showed promise and they took it serious like a business. Uh, and then there's people who've been doing it for like 10 years and they still just do free amateur spots. You know, uh, no one is uh, buying what they're selling, so to speak. But uh, I, I relate that to the porn industry because when I was doing my first, my first, uh, you know, couple of years in standup and I was, I had moved home, I was not working. I was literally uh, 80 hours a week in standup, you know, uh, working a door guy gig at absolute comedy, just to learn the business and to be with the comics. Um, you know, writing, writing material for free, right. Until it got funny enough that someone wanted to put it on a weekend of shows. I'd get offered gigs. It was like, Hey, do you want to drive 40 minutes out of town to do a spot for 25 bucks? Like at that point, I'm still working for free. I'm just paying my gas with the, the, the pay. So, you know, there's also no word of a lie gang. Like there's been times where I'm like, someone offered me $80 to host a show and it's like, well, that's, 
that's shit money. I'm worth way more than that. Um, you know, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to take an entire night out of my week and go put on a show or whatever, like 80 bucks for me to host or, or close, I, I am worth more than that. And I don't want to do that, but I do it because there might not have been a lot on the calendar that month, you know, and, uh, and watching these documentaries with the porn industry, you see these gigs where a young girl in her twenties will take a gig where she's going to go fuck a dude you know, and then she's talking about how uncomfortable she was. And the guy was so old and big and she found to be really unattractive and his breath smelled and he's on top of her. She's like, Oh my God. And she's like, and then in my head, I'm just thinking like, how badly did I need 200 bucks? I'm like, Oh my God. Like to, you know, to fuck a strange man and have it put on the internet forever for 200 bucks, you know? So again, like, it's just, it's, it's about seeing the mentality of the business. It almost, it's, it's almost like, um, they get them in, they get them used to the money, they do all the amateur sites and they have, uh, you know, some of these things are saying like they have, uh, you know, two months to develop a big enough social media following on their own. Like it's their job to run their social media, whatever. And it's like, if you can get enough followers to basically show that people are interested in you, then like you can keep getting booked and you might, you might have a future in the industry, but if you can't, it's like, okay, you've done all the amateur sites. We're, we're done. We can't use you again. Go, you know, like you're, we're done with you. And now it's like, oh, I made like 10 grand in three months and I'm, I'm, you know, or not even like maybe 20, let's say 20 or 30 grand in like three months, but the industry's done with me <coughs> and that's it. So you made 30 grand, which I mean, fuck, I've, I've received grants close to that much. That money's long gone, but you know, be naked on the internet forever after that would be brutal. So it's interesting. So the documentary uh, series I watched was called Hot Girls Wanted Turned On. And it's like 40 minute episodes about things like cam girls and, you know, people running, uh, you know, their own site where they're housing a bunch of different girls. Um, what else? Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Like, you know, like being a, a guy in the industry, being, you know, talent uh, in that regard. Um, so yeah, Hot Girls Wanted, great documentary. I think that there's a Hot Girls Wanted too. Um, I could be wrong, but there was, but, the, but then the series is Hot Girls Wanted turned on. Um, oh yeah. And there was an episode about Tinder and somebody like dating on Tinder and he's with all these different girls all the time, whatever. Very, very sad episode. Very sad. Um, and just shows how like toxic and vain that, that whole thing is. Um, but, but fascinating guys, truly, I would say, watch it. And there's also, uh, another documentary I watched again. I believe this one was, well, I don't believe I know it was called after porn ends. Um, but this one is, uh, after porn ends two that I watched, I believe there's three of them. What's cool about this documentary is it just follows a bunch of porn stars, male and female, um, that had successful, had very successful careers, um, in the porn industry, but like, you know, why they exited or, or what their life has been like since. And yada, yada. I just, I, I don't know what it is. Like I said, I don't watch these get horny and jerk off. I, I, I watch and I, I find it very interesting. Like the different walks of life, like in the first after porn ends movie, uh, they're following Asia Carrera. They're following several porn, uh, stars, but they're following Asia Carrera and she is a member of Mensa. And she's smart as fuck. And, and she just talks about why she got into it and everything like that. And, um, it's, it's just fucking fascinating. Now for me, I'm, I'm 
converting files and, and things like that. Um, so it's kind of on in the background. I get to listen to it. I think that's one of the reasons I like documentaries too, is a lot of times you just listen and absorb the information. You don't always have to be watching either, but, uh, but that's what I did this week. Watched a bunch of documentaries, a bunch of stand-up specials that I can't recommend enough. Um, and just, you know, uh, I, I had a good week guys. I had a good week. So coming up this week, um, I'm going to be home. I've got, uh, probably a day's worth of skip the dishes, uh, installations to do. Um, so more like, so this will be coming out on Wednesday. Um, so I'll have to add the things that I've got coming up. Cause I do still have, uh, tomorrow night for you guys, two nights ago, Monday night, I am hosting the just for laughs, uh, showcase at absolute comedy. Uh, very, uh, grateful to Jason for asking me to host that night. Um, and the new comedy booker will be able to see me doing what I do. And hopefully he likes me. Hopefully he goes, you know what? That fat fuck made me laugh. And I'd love to have him at the festival. Um, so that'll be fun. And it's also an opportunity for a lot of up and coming comics to strut their stuff and see if the festival is looking for that. I think it will be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, yeah, I'm really jazzed guys. I'm really jazzed. Um, thinking, uh, sorry, thinking of like uh, some bits that I'd like to do for this guy. Um, the, um, do, 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 do Tuesday. I am driving to Quebec city. Uh, so it'll be five hours there, five hours back in the same day. A lot of driving. Thank God. I just got an oil change, but, um, sorry. Well, again, Alphonic will cut this shit out. Hopefully. Um, I get to hang out with my buddy, Joey Elias. And Joey, Joey is a great comic, fucking great comic. One of the first guys, speaking about my early comedy days, Joey is a guy who, um, he takes good care of up and coming comics. He's a good king. He is a household name in Montreal. He, uh, does work for so, so many charities. Um, Joey's also a personality on the uh, global global news. He does segments for them that are funny. He does a segment called everyday Joe. Um, he is a guy who, when I was new, he was like, Hey, have you got, have you been out to Montreal yet to do the nest? And I was like, no, I haven't been there yet. And he's like, I'll reach out to uh, silver, silver Butler, whose father, Ernie Butler had started the comedy nest in Montreal. He passed away. Uh, silver and her brother, Ryan inherited the nest. And, uh, Silver is actually a very successful uh, assistant director in movies. She was an assistant director in the X-Men movie. She was an assistant director in the movie Elf. Very popular Christmas movie. Um, so Silver is very accomplished. But Joey was like, hey, I'm going to, he goes, I'm going to, you know, let me, I'm going to put in a word for you and see if I can, uh, you know, um, get you to uh, get you into the comedy nest. I'll, I'll put in a good word. I thought, you know, we're really funny. And in the comedy business, guys, people are going to quote unquote, do shit for you all the time, put in a good word, vouch for you, whatever. And it's a lot of lip surface, surface, service, um, talk is cheap, all that shit. Um, this was, I believe new year's Eve. Uh, actually, you know what? This is a nice little story. I'll make it brief. But when Crystal and I first reunited, um, you know, in our adulthood, uh, years later when we started dating, um, we were, we were hanging out at first, right. And it was just us spending time hanging out. Then, you know, I admitted I had feelings for her. She said that she was still attracted to me and we started kind of seeing where it would go. 
but we didn't kiss. We didn't fool around. I, I was trying to be respectful. I've probably told the story before. Anyways, I remember we had decided that like, Hey, you know, on one point it was like, I was like, I want to start off a first kiss, but this was like mid December. And I'm like, you know what? Why don't we save our first kiss for midnight on new year's Eve and the new year's Eve show at absolute comedy was hosted by Brian Hope and co-headlining Niall Segay and Joey Elias. So I was not on that show, but I had done a couple shows with Joey Elias. Joey um, was chatting with me and Crystal downstairs afterwards. And he was like, yeah, that's when he was like, hey, have you been to Montreal yet? Da, 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 da. I'll, you know, I'll, uh, he's like, I'll, I'll put in a good word for you to Silver and see if we can't get you out there. And I was like, oh, that's great. Um, that was New Year's Eve. We to- talked. The next day, Joey sent me a text message saying, hey, are you free to come to Montreal on X date? I think it was, it was definitely like within a month's time or whatever. Um, I'm headlining, but I want you to be one of my openers for the weekend. And I was like, holy shit. Like, dude, dude, not only like kept his word, but like moved forward on it quickly. And at the time, the, the condo for the comics, like for the headliner at the Comedy Nest well, because Joey was local and his other opening act, like he had to co kind of co-features um, because they were both uh, from Montreal. They didn't need it. So um, I got to do the, sh- the, the, you know, the show for the weekend, get paid for it. And um, I got the condo. So I had accommodations. My first uh, road, I believe my very first road accommodation, because I hadn't even done the Toronto Absolute Comedy Club yet at that point. Um, at least not like booked for a week. I did some spots, but I'd never been booked for a week. So Joey got me like my first, you know, paid out of town away from absolute comedy road gig, got me in my accommodations, everything like that. Um, so he's just been a really good dude guys. Like he's been a good friend. He's done shows for me to help with fundraisers. I've done shows for him to help with fundraisers. Like probably one of my best friends in this business. Um, that was like, took me under his wing. I got to say too, like he's always been a good mentor. Um, I'm probably uh, as good as I am at crowd work because of watching Joey. There's some other guys too who've made a difference on me, but just Joey's, Joey's, uh, made it a point to, you know, help me understand that like, you know, if you want to ask the audience a question, if they give you an answer that doesn't, you know, uh, doesn't result in, in something right away, keep digging. You know, keep asking more questions, keep going. Um, you know, and he taught me not to be afraid of silence, you know, when you're on stage, because you've been on stage talking and a lot of comics be like, oh, so it's too quiet, it's too quiet, there's no laugh. And uh, and he was like, you know, if you're on stage, don't be afraid of silence, right? Silence is a good thing because silence means they're listening, right? If you're on stage and they're quiet, it's because they're listening to you, Right. What sucks is if, if they're all talking, if you're on stage and you hear fucking pockets, tables are talking, whatever, well, that's, you've lost the interest of those tables and that can just spill into more. But he taught me not to be afraid of silence. And to this day, I could give a fuck. Um, I probably just spent two hours straight talking to myself in this fucking car. I am, uh, I am so not afraid of talking with no feedback. So, um, and that's another strength I've developed. Now that's my buddy, Paul Verz, who told me, he told me I'd be a better comic when I started my podcast. Uh, I know I've said this before, but it's just one of those things. I thought at the time he meant that I would be funnier off the top of my head. It would teach me to be funny out of nothing. Um, but I think what he meant was I'd be a better comic because I really don't give a shit if the audience makes a sound or not. I, I talk to the wall for an hour a week. 
So I'm very comfortable just talking and, hey, if you want to laugh, great, but I'm just going to keep talking. I don't need your permission. I don't need your validation to keep talking. And I'm not talking about you specifically, onesies, talking about the audience, but at the same time, um, I appreciate you guys being there. I appreciate this silence. My my hope is that this silence too means you're listening. Um, but yeah, um, I got a great gig. I'm driving to Montreal to pick up Joey. Then we're driving to Quebec City to do a show for the First Nations Police Foundation. Um, and then we drive home the same day, drive back, drop Joey off in Montreal, and then head home. So I get to spend the day with my buddy. We're probably going to have more fun in the car just making each other laugh than anything that's going to go on on that stage. But I'm thrilled uh, to be doing that gig. It's paying a great amount. Um, so that that couldn't come at a better time. I say great, like like it's not a fucking financial windfall, guys. I am still going to have a tough month, but great in the sense that like I go from like threat level, you know, red to you know like okay, we're 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 backing down to the orange. One more of these this month will get me the yellow. Um, so it, it came at a good time, but uh, I'm uh, I'm excited for the headlining this month. And then the rest of the week, gang, um, I don't think I have any gigs or anything like that. So I'm going to continue to chip away at the things I got going on. I just had a ton of shit delivered to my house, uh, desk for the new house, a bunch of assets for a gig I'm doing next month. So um, I'm just going to, I'm going to chip away at the little things. I'm going to post things for sale, try to get rid of as much as I can and just, uh, you know, enjoy uh I want to say downtime. I, I got to start packing. I just don't have anywhere to put my stuff. So um, I'm going to be as productive as I can. But in the meantime, thank you so much for bearing with this super long episode. But an episode I thought would be nothing, you know, uh, disappointingly short, uh, will be uh, will be hopefully uh, one that, that keeps you entertained, kills more time for you at work, uh, that sort of thing. But uh, I appreciate you guys. I hope you have a great week. And I look forward to chatting with you again soon. All the fat boy, him, X amount of respect.